Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to an emergency Tuesday evening Buckeye Talk. Doug Maurice, Nathan Baird. It's not a schedule emergency. We have been waiting and planning for that idea. The Big Ten schedule as of 5.20 Tuesday evening as we talk about this is still not out. But what is the emergency is that we talked to actual Ohio State football players for the first time in 11 weeks on Tuesday afternoon. Ohio State named seven captains, and they made those seven captains available on a conference call with reporters. So Nathan and I are going to talk about that. We've been getting information out to our tech subscribers all afternoon. If you want that kind of quick hit kind of stuff, here's what they're saying. Here's our analysis of what they're saying. Try the text at 614-350-3315. We're not going to go super long on this. We're going to have plenty of time the rest of this week. This is going to be a busy week. There's a lot happening the rest of this week. So make sure you're reading cleveland.com slash OSU. Make sure you continue to listen to Buckeye Talk and get subscribed wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Nathan, I want to run through a couple of the little quick hit news items before we dig in on the vibe of the call and what it made us think about the idea of a college football season. Did we come away from that call feeling like better about the idea of Ohio State actually playing games in 2020? Did we come away feeling worse? Did we come away not having our minds changed at all? But first, why don't you tell the people the seven captains that were named and were there any surprises in there in your mind? No, no surprises really. Um, I suppose you could say Justin Hilliard may be a slight surprise. Uh, in some ways not though, just how long he's been with the program and the respect that I think that the people have for him. Um, I put it out to our tech subscribers earlier today to kind of get their guesses and they were pretty much all the ones that they said that they thought would for sure be captains pretty much across the board were were picked so um on offense justin fields wyatt davis and josh myers on defense tough borland jonathan cooper justin hilliard and sean wade so there are a couple other people that pe- that people had thrown out as possibilities um pete werner being one uh, Chris Olave being one, although I, that one I, I, I wasn't quite as uh, – I, I thought Werner had a good chance too. I wasn't sure about Chris Olave. He doesn't necessarily have the same kind of – doesn't seem to have the same kind of outgoing personality. And that's not always the most important thing, but he is a quieter guy, and I didn't know if that would 
be a factor in whether his teammates would vote for him for something like that. And also just being a junior. Um, but really across the board that those were the, the senior, the elder statesmen in a lot of ways, they're guys who a lot of times are out in front on things earlier this off season, uh, Davis and Myers were the two guys Ohio state had given to us since January, as far as, um, uh, players that we could talk to they they just seem like natural obvious options to be captains this season Justin Fields being the starting captain obviously Tuff Borland the three-time captain Jonathan Cooper a two-time captain and Sean Wade being the one returning guy in that whole secondary as a starter all those guys seem like obvious choices to me I I, I got six out of seven right I had Warner Pete Warner instead of Hilliard but then on that call you listen to Hilliard talk it's like yep that yep. guy yep I'll, yep. I'll listen to that guy. And not that that's not why they pick captains. They don't pick captains who are good interviews with the media, but that guy has been around forever. was part of the 2015 class, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Yeah. It's the sixth year. It's the sixth year. He's had a lot of injury problems. He's a contributor on special teams, just a super mature guy. And they just, it's just interesting. They have basically they have seven captains. Four of them are going to be super high NFL draft picks. And the other three, I don't, I think are not, necessarily NFL players, but they're super veteran dudes in tough Borland, Jonathan Cooper and Justin Hilliard. So um, no shocks. CJ Saunders, who was a captain last year, not a captain this year. And the reason he's not a captain is because he's not a player anymore. Ohio state finally revealed on Tuesday that his uh, petition for a sixth year of eligibility, which Justin Hilliard got CJ Saunders did not. Ryan day said he's going to be on the staff in some capacity, he wants him around. Ryan Day said he has coaching in his blood. Um, you know, we all saw C.J. Saunders was hurt last year. I think he'd had 27 catches in the two years before that. We all saw the speech he gave in one of the games and had like a big halftime thing. And his teammates, for a guy who's a former walk-on at receiver, his teammates do respond to him. He just wasn't going to play. I mean, like, I, again, I, I've talked about on this podcast. I get it. I mean, he's a great – seems like a great guy. His he was not going to make a contribution on the field that mattered to this team. So, you know, off the field contributions matter too, but there were some people on this beat who just loved to like get fired up about, Oh, what might CJ Saunders do? It's like, he's not going to, it doesn't matter. They have so many five-star receivers. They don't know how to get him the ball. There's too many good receivers. So from a football standpoint, you know, it's no loss. Now, I mean, if he, you know who he might remind me of actually is, you know who was like a walk-on who didn't play a lot and kind of is Urban Meyer. I mean, like if, if you want to tell me that 20 years from now, like CJ Saunders is like a division one head coach, I'll buy it, but he wasn't going to help yep. them win. So I don't know all the ins and outs of that. Um, but what was your takeaway on, on knowing that CJ Saunders is not going to be on the field in 2020? Well, you and I have, I think have been of the same mind as far as what he could do for this team. And especially at his position, I just thought it was going to be very difficult for him to be a rotation player this year. And I, now maybe he should have been more in our conversations as far as um, if the freshman, since the freshman receivers didn't have a spring, maybe that gives some, some of the older guys an edge, but I, I don't think I was even, I wasn't really going there with where CJ Saunders was. And that's not completely fair to him. Maybe just from my perspective, because I never actually have gotten to see CJ Saunders play. I was only here last year and he didn't play, but I think it's important for CJ Saunders to be around this program. We saw some of that in the off season with the way that he was involved in the, in a very public way, um, even before he got arrested and, and before and after in, in the, 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 
very public conversations that were going on, the, the um, initiatives that were going on inside this team involving race and society and those sorts of things, um, very much out front and involved in those things. And I thought that was important. And his teammates, you saw it on social media, the way his teammates res- that resonated with them. So I think he's an important person to have around this program. Um, I just think that it's tough if your best leaders and the guys who are anointed as your captains and the guys everyone's supposed to be looking at, if those guys don't play, you can get away with one maybe. And, but if there, if, if you've got multiple guys who aren't playing, I just feel like that's not, I don't feel like that's constructive for a team. I think you need to have as many guys who are legitimately playing in, you know, two deep spots, uh, hopefully at the top of the two deep and are getting on the field and contributing. That's where that kind of presence is felt the most. So if he can start this next stage of his career and be a a grad assistant or, or whatever role that they can move him into, and he can still have that kind of positive influence around players. I think that's great. Okay. I'm good. I'm good. talking about former walk on receivers. Um, Great. I hope good luck to him. Here's what we want to talk about. Is there going to be a season? That's what everybody wants to know about. And here's the issue. We got, I thought, well, let's, let's break this into two things. We're a little, I'm sort of reading as we go here. Teddy Greenstein from the Chicago Tribune, who's tapped in on the inner workings of the Big Ten, which is headquarters are located in Chicago. Um, just put out a story a little bit ago on, on Tuesday evening about the idea of the new Big Ten commissioner, Kevin Warren, like pondering what's going to happen and that the outbreak, the recent outbreak at Rutgers, 28 players now have tested positive. That's affecting his thinking. He's talking to players around the league reportedly. Um, Adam Rittenberg from ESPN here is writing that he's, he's hearing the schedule will be released on Wednesday. Um, here's what Adam Rittenberg says, who's a good friend of the pod. Hearing the Big Ten schedule likely to be released Wednesday, along with medical protocols for the football season, but it could be delayed further. Commissioner Kevin Warren spoke with athletes from around the league Monday night. He's definitely aware of their concerns in playing during a pandemic. So here's what's hard, Nathan. Of Of course, there are players who have concerns about playing during a pandemic. We didn't talk to any of them on this call on Tuesday. The vibe of the Ohio State football call in my mind was very positive, very confident in the belief that Ohio State can do what needs to be done to play. Josh Myers made a statement. He said, I, even if I didn't get asked this question, I was going to make a statement that I have a very high comfort level about safety and the precautions being taken. If you only listened and only were worried about Ohio State's ability to play, I don't know, Nathan. I would have come away from Tuesday saying, like, man, it sure seems like they can do it. Yeah. I, you know, and I wrote a thing for the site. My Buckeye take for Tuesday morning was how Monday was a really discouraging day. Uh, discouraging may be a strong word, but, uh, you, you know, after what we learned last week about, you know, the, the letter that Kevin Warren sent to the Big Ten 80s, it seemed like they needed some positive momentum early this week to get to Friday and be able to start postseason camp. And Monday was just all sorts of bad news. The, the Rutgers situation, the story that came out about the Indiana player and, and the things he had gone through, um, Northwestern shutting down camp, although that was only for one positive test and I think might have been an even more 
over-cautious approach than Ohio State took when it shut down voluntary workouts a couple weeks ago and then restarted them. And, and, and Northwestern might be back practicing as early as tomorrow. So it, it just seemed like there was a lot of negative stuff. And then obviously Rashad Bateman, Tuesday morning, opting out of the season. So now you have one of the big stars of the Big Ten. I mean, the best receiver, one of the best players of the Big Ten, opting out of the season Tuesday morning. And then we talked to Ohio State players, and it seems like all this kind of negative negativity, and then they are this bubble of optimism. Now, maybe they're putting on a brave face or a confident face for us or however you want to say it, but they, I agree with you that there was definitely, and I think seeing other reporters talk about it on social media as well, that you got an impression that these players feel like there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to play football this year. It's not, and they're not, brushing off any risk here. They don't want to get COVID-19. They know what it's about. They've seen guys test positive in their program. So they're not um, naive to what the, the pandemic is and what the illness is, but they feel like they have the um, tools and the procedures and the regulations at Ohio State to allow them to get to a season and start playing and keep playing. And, and now the one trepidation they do have, and I'm sure we'll talk about this some more, is what happens when tens of thousands of other students show up and start filling in around them, which hasn't happened yet. Uh, that's an obvious concern. And that's, that's something that we've all already talked about, like what happens there. And it does change the game a little bit, but I think they're also from talking to them, it's, they're already kind of out in front of that on their thinking. They're saying, we know that we can't be the usual, um, maybe take the, the usual BMOC or just the even normal college kid um, approach to campus life this fall. Um, and, and I thought Justin Hilliard, I think it was Justin Hilliard who said there's maybe it was Jonathan Cooper, but it was, it was really astute saying that, um, it's going to be tough. He thinks for the freshmen coming in because they're not used to it. They, they kind of, they've been waiting their whole lives to get to campus and get to kind of experience being an Ohio state football player on Ohio state's campus. And now they're going to have to kind of uh, lock themselves away probably for the season in order for it to happen. But he feels like that's where the captains have to step up. That's part of their leadership this fall is to hold people accountable and be the example to get through that and, and set that kind of um, self um, involved thinking aside and do what's good for the team. I think it's like 10% naive um, because Ohio State, whatever outbreak they had, it got it under control pretty quickly. There's no reports of an Ohio State player having severe effects of anything. But everything that uh, I'll buy the reports from our guys at NJ.com writing about Rutgers, it sounds like you know the, they had a, a batch of positive tests and they had another batch. They're, again, 28 yep. players now. Started with an off-campus party. They went from 15 to 28. So and it's, it's now it's spread to staff members. So it's like, don't go to off-campus parties. And then all the, you know, everybody says, well, that's impossible. They're college kids. I, I do. It's, it's important to emphasize these football guys are already isolated, like by design of the football team. And, and people are talking about this now. There's so, there's so many things happening at once, but they make the facility awesome. Cause like, they don't want you really hanging around like in the student union. It's like, come to the Woody man. Like, and they, and players move off campus. Guys live on campus. Like you're in like your little quad dorm freshman year and you have like your four roommates. I remember what it was like Jamarco Jones and Sam Hubbard and Kyle Berger and like all these guys. Oh, it's your little group of four and everyone's hanging out. And then by sophomore year, you're in an apartment. And these guys who live in apartments, man, like they live more like a regular adult than they do like a college kid. And a lot of them, Justin Fields was talking about last year, guys are taking online classes already. They're not even going to campus all that much. I mean, you can have a debate about, are football players already during normal life too removed from the typical college experience and what perhaps is the motivation of a college football program to do that 
And are they being denied something by that? When they live in an apartment and all they do is go to the facility. Tough Borland got asked about it Tuesday. Like, what would you be giving up? Dennis Dodd from CBS Sports, a national guy, was on the call. What would you be giving up in your life? What is it like normally? What would you be giving up if you have to really lock it down this year? And he was like, well, I like to get up in the morning and go to the facility and lift and watch extra film. And then in the afternoon, I go to class. And then, like, that's it. Like, what would he – he was like, basically, like, I'm not giving up much anything. And the guys, you said, the guys, some guys are worried about going to class. But, you know, I guess if you wear a mask and you socially distance, I don't, I don't know. I think it's, it's very, um, it is easier, I think, for a football player to distance himself from the student population than people might realize. Because probably in a bad way, they're already pretty distanced from it. Yeah. You know? I would also say too, we've we've talked before about the the dynamic of what happens if 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 they deem that a college campus is not safe for player for stu- all students to return, then that probably means bad things for football. Um, what I what that doesn't mean though is that if they allow students to come back and give them the option of both in person and remote learning, that if the football players took every opportunity to only do remote learning and some of them may be able to do it for all their classes I think that would be a totally reasonable thing they should they should probably do that um and other athletes as well like why would you why would you risk it um so I I could totally see some guys taking advantage of that there are going to be some that are going to have to show up and go to class um but I I guess this is also maybe it's it's on them to be smart about it and maybe on the their their fellow students to try to help them out I don't know and like Josh breathe in the other direction Josh Myers made the point, you know, if other things are open, then why can't college football be open? Why can't I try to play a college football season if restaurants are open, right? So, um, I, it's, yeah, it's that, all, it that is to me is connected. 10% naive too. I mean. Yeah, I mean, it is, and it is all connected and people are pointing out, hey, you know, Mike DeWine has an order in place. And listen, I do think it's hard to wrap your head around it, right? It's not going to be that Ohio State is full bore, doing a really good job. It's working, but DeWine's like, nope, you're not playing. Like, I know DeWine shut it down early with the NCAA tournament. That was in a time of uncertainty where, with total uncertainty, we don't even know what this thing is, really. Mike DeWine acted quickly, and before the NCAA said, we're not having the NCAA tournament, Mike DeWine said, well, you're not playing in Ohio. I don't, we're not, we have a much greater understanding. It doesn't mean we're doing a good job fighting it, but we at least have, we know what it is. We know what the fight is. So I don't think if anyone's saying like, oh, well, Ohio State can say whatever it wants to say, but Mike DeWine, they're going to be on the same page. It's either going to be like obvious, like, no, you can't do this. You're not going to do it. It's out of control. You can't do it. Or like, yeah, it's pretty good. And if the Browns and the Bengals and Ohio State are like, we're all ready to go. We've had success with this. It's going to be – Mike DeWine is not going to be like, nope, sorry. They're all going to come. They're going to keep talking about it. And they have to present plans, that kind of thing. So hold off a little bit on the like, hey, well, the state's going to shut them down. Just just be realistic about all this stuff. So, I mean, I, I, we're just getting some feedback on that from some texters and stuff like that. It's very hard because I feel like the Ohio State call is like, wow, that really seems like it could happen. And then you see numbers. Michigan seems like it's done a good job. Oklahoma seems like it's done a good job. Multiple big-time places seem like they've done a good job. Rutgers is out of control. But is Kevin Warren, is the Big Ten going to, like, pull the plug on the whole Big Ten because Rutgers players went to a party? Maybe. But I also, I also feel like that 
is not going to happen yet because maybe there's a move where, like you say, everybody else can move forward. Rutgers is going to be delayed. And then if Rutgers can't go, we're going to go without Rutgers. Or maybe we all just delay. I know the SEC is delaying the start of its August practices for another couple of weeks. They're not going to start Friday. I would not be shocked if that's a resolution of this, Nathan, that whatever planned start of normal preseason camp for Friday, excuse me, if that gets pushed back a week, let's say, that would not shock me. And again, they have flexibility. And again, to backtrack on things I got wrong in the past, some texters our point did point out, we talked about it previously, the teams that are planning to play on August 29th, they are already practicing. Yeah. They are, that, that has already started. But if you're not going to play until the end of September, you don't have to start this week, preseason practice. So I wouldn't be shocked, Nathan, if that's part of maybe what comes out in the next day or two. What do you think of that idea? I think it makes a whole lot of sense. Like, um, even if they delayed it briefly, I mean, even if they delayed it to Monday or something, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, if there's, if you think there's just enough uncertainty and you want to gather more, that's the whole reason why they cut out the three non-conference games was to buy time. Um, they, they, they lost something in doing that, but they also bought time. And, um, I, I think it's a totally prudent move and it actually is almost what I'm expecting to happen at this point. I, based on what we saw yesterday, I know there's so much optimism among Ohio State, but there is also, I think, a reasonable concern as a conference to kind of keep everybody on the same schedule. And if you need to postpone it a few days because Rutgers is much worse off than Ohio State, well, sorry, that's you're in the same conference as them, and sometimes you're going to have to make those concessions. But um, they bought themselves this time because of the schedule. They can spread games out as they need to. And if they, if they were to bump everything back to a September 12th start and just bump the whole preseason back a week, that, that would make sense to me too. I will say John Wilner, who is the most connected guy is in the Pac-12, tweeted something the other day that if college football ends up pulling the plug, it'll start with the Big Ten. And he said the Big Ten is closer in his tweet. He said the Big Ten is, is much closer to that idea than people realize. So – um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I think there's a, there's just a big difference to me about like specifics of, should we move the season back? Should we start in late September or mid September? Should we move back to start a preseason practice? All that is still negotiation and all that is like adjusting to the realities of the moment. But as soon as you say, that's it, then that's it. And you can't come back from that. You can't say right. there's no season. And then let's say, Two weeks in two later, weeks, like, oh, yeah. the numbers are much better. You've already canceled it. And that's, you know, yeah. if that's what you need to do. But I know I, someone has made this point. And again, I think there's some frustration in Ohio, at least, and maybe other places with the high school ranks of like leaving things up in the air and why aren't you making a decision? You can't give a for sure yes with this stuff. Right. You can give a for sure no. So the yes is yes for now. So that's what all this continues to be. These are all yeses. People are like, let us play. You're, let, you're being allowed to play because you haven't been given a no yet. Virginia high school football got a no, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's the whole thing. You can't give a 1,000% yes to the coronavirus because as soon as you say yes, it bites you in the butt. So this is just you delay, you wait. And the thing that I keep thinking about, and I follow enough epidemiologists on Twitter, there are got people out there, smart scientists, who say if the country got serious about it and everybody did the best they could, we could, we could really tamp this thing down in four weeks. You know, you go hard. Maybe you shut down restaurants and bars again. Maybe you do some other – but everyone's on board with 
with mask wearing and everybody does this. It, it, to do it, if you do it well, it doesn't take five months to get it under control. You need a good hard month. And so it's still early August. If you're not trying to play until late September, to me, you're still in the window of trying. So that would be, I just don't know why they would just say, no, that's it. We're out right now. And I think the last thing, and we'll get out of here because it's an emergency pod. Nathan, you were the one, what do you think about, you batted leadoff on the conference call today. What'd you think of that? I, I felt um, a little bit of pressure. I didn't know that until, although I have before, so it wouldn't completely catch me off by catch me completely by surprise. I feel like I've been picked for that. I don't know if it's alphabetical. Not really, though. I can't remember who went right after me. But no, um, I've done it before. But I felt like some. I wanted to be a Ricky Henderson in the leadoff spot, where I might be able to put one out, not just like a Juan Pierre in the leadoff spot, where I'm just gonna like slap a single somewhere. Well, I, I wanted thought- to maybe put some muscle into it i thought you did no yeah you're no juan pierre buckeye talk nathan's no juan pierre <laughs> you you immediately came out of the out of the shoot asking justin fields if he was thinking about opting out and he didn't say no but man he basically said no and he and sean wade both i want to make sure that this isn't getting spun this way because we wrote about it they didn't both say i will not opt out of the 2020 season they both said i have not been thinking about opting but out of the 2020 what? season I, I, but I, mean, I think that's always- important because, because again, it's all every answer that somebody gives, as you just spent three minutes saying, every answer that somebody gives right now is based on the present circumstances. And those circumstances can change significantly one way or the other from one week to the next. So I'm, yeah. I'm not I, – I, I, think, I think they're both in this for the long haul. They don't, I don't think they either one have a reason to bow out this fall. I believe what they're saying, and I believe what their, their confidence in Ohio State, as we spoke about before. I'm just saying I, I don't want – for those of you out there who are consuming our journalism, I don't want you to come back later if something does go wrong and say, you told us they weren't coming back or that they weren't going to opt out when that's not 100% what they said. I, but, I, I mean, I, I almost think – I'm not sure what your headline was on that. I almost thought your headline could have been a little harder. I mean, like, no one's get something would have to change, right? I mean, like, if half the Ohio State team gets coronavirus next week, then, I mean, again, it's like, well, then everything changes. Right. Well, then they're not having a season was, anyway. I mean, that's, right. that's, yeah. I mean, that was a, I thought it was a pretty persuasive. I appreciate that some guys, that's the right decision for them. I understand that, but that's not where I am. That's not where my head's at. And I'm paraphrasing. That's not a direct quote, but that was basically like, I, I, I thought those were, nobody it's, says yes and no anymore. Right. It's tricky because world. it's because they say, well, I haven't thought about that, but clearly both of them, it's, 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 uh, it's one of those, you and I are both fans of the West wing and there's a West wing, uh, episode where somebody says something, ask CJ Craig, the press secretary a question. And they say something about, cause she says the president hasn't considered something as far as she knows. And they're like, well, could you ask him? And then that's the trick thing because then when she asks him, he'll technically have considered it because she has to answer his question or her question. So it's kind of the same thing with them. Like they say they haven't considered opting out, but they clearly know about opting out. Like the, the thought of it is in their head somewhere. They know what it right. means. They know other guys are doing it. So I, I don't want to try to parse their language that much. I'm just saying that it's, I, I, I agree. I think I agree with your overall sentiment that I, these are both guys who I don't think um, are looking for a way out of this season. They don't, they aren't looking for any reason to have to avoid going out and playing football this fall. And that would be fine if they did, but there's an answer sure. they could have given. I always just constantly think about the answer you could give. There's an absolutely fine answer they could have given. That is basically I'm keeping my options open. Right. Everyone has to look at, I love my team, but everybody has their own personal decisions. And they didn't say I haven't, 
they didn't say I haven't thought about it. They said I haven't thought about opting out. Like I haven't thought about right. doing it. Right. They didn't say I haven't thought and about both the of them, topic. And both of them were citing how comfortable they feel at Ohio State. Right. And is part of it. Um, Justin Fields also citing the fact that he um, he thinks that there's guys out there who maybe feel more inclined to have to protect their family's long-term financial interests or, or something along those lines. And obviously there's people who have direct medical situations that they're mindful of, but, and he, he kind of saying that those didn't apply to him. So it hadn't really been something he had to think of at, to this point. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. I, I, I don't think either of these guys may, you know, maybe I could have been more forceful in the headline. Basically all the headline said was that Justin Fields says he has not considered sitting out the 2020 season. So, um, I think yeah. that I, 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 I think that's that's exactly how to say it. If 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 Ohio State fans saw Rashad Bateman opt out and saw speculation about this kind of thing, I would tell them I wouldn't worry about it. I wouldn't be worried about it. I thought his answer, and for Sean Wade, I thought their answers would ease the minds of fans. And again, it's their personal decision; they can change their mind at any time. That's the thing you could you can say no and change your mind too. But I thought that was a pretty persuasive. Without saying no, I thought they said no. So, um, all right, we're going to get back to, so again, we're expecting it feels like now big 10 schedule on Wednesday. Here's the plan. We're not going to have the Wednesday podcast ready at 5.00 AM on Wednesday morning, which is typically what we do. We're going to make the Wednesday podcast, hopefully about the schedule. So we don't know when the schedule's coming out Wednesday, but this emergency Tuesday pod, because we had a normal pod Tuesday morning, will get you through Wednesday morning. And then just hang out, hang in, and then we'll give you a good meaty pod, hopefully with news about whether practice is starting, about what the new schedule is, and then get ready. I was encouraged by this, Nathan. Again, the plan at the moment is for preseason practice to start Friday. Jerry Emig, the SID, told us Ryan Day Thursday, conference call or Zoom call with Ryan Day on Thursday, and then hopefully multiple interviews a week during preseason practice with the players and coaches. And again, we have not talked to a player for 11 weeks before today. So that is welcome news. Is it not? Absolutely. I thought today was really refreshing just to kind of get some perspectives um, and, and hear what it's been a little bit like inside their bubble, you know, and they, they weren't talking about obviously positive cases and they weren't talking about specific players and that wasn't what they were even asked about. Um, it, but it just to kind of hear those voices, I think was important to, as we've talked about in many, many other realms and as they were asked about in some other ways today, that the players voices need to be involved in this conversation. It can't just be the, the 50 year old and the coaches and whoever else um, uh, controlling the message and people like us talking, it's got, they've got to have a voice in this too. So that's the plan. Congratulations to those seven guys being named a captain. That's a big deal. Um, they certainly in recent years have, have started expanding how many captains they have. But, you know, all, the, all seven of those guys uh, named by their teammates on Tuesday are guys who certainly have put in the time and effort at Ohio State. So that's, a, that's something they get to claim for the rest of their lives. So that's really cool. Um, I asked them about playing the Michigan game. And everybody, Justin Fields had an answer ready. I thought Justin Fields, we talked about this sort of the beauty pageant aspect of the Heisman race, and we were asked about it by a text or follow-up um, this morning, Tuesday morning. I thought Justin Fields was good. 
He was mm-hmm. on. They had the offensive guys on for half an hour, then the defensive guys on for half an hour. So he was on with Wyatt Davis and Josh Myers. And Wyatt Davis and Josh Myers have been great with the media for years. Justin Fields, I thought last year was fine, but I thought Justin Fields was assertive. I thought Justin Fields was confident. I thought he was interesting. When I said, when, when should you play the Ohio State-Michigan game? He said, I don't care when we play them. My simple answer is we just want to play and beat the brakes off of them. And it's like, okay, rivalry time. Um, I thought in, the, in a half an hour dose of the Justin Fields beauty pageant part of the Heisman race, I thought he, I thought he looked good. Yeah, I, I thought it was. I mean, he's always been uh, – he, he he's not that um, overly exuberant sometimes in the way he answers questions, but he's always been um, pretty good at – when you ask him questions about things at large, about kind of like the, the what's at stake for players at large, I think he's given some good answers to that in the past, and I thought he did that again today. But there was also more of just like a – for lack of like a, a, a jovial um, – attitude with him today which I thought under the circumstances especially was kind of revealing and I think uh, as we suspected um, a guy who'll probably feel just a lot more comfortable not that he didn't last year but I mean even more comfortable this year um, you know being around campus and being around this team another year by the way I think all three of those guys today were much more in line with my thinking on the Michigan game than other people on this podcast although most of the fans are in line with my thinking so, I mean, you think like a player and I think like a fan. I think we've always thought that because, again, you played one snap of varsity high school football. So, you and Justin Fields. <laughs> I played more Davis snaps than that. I had one carry. Or in lockstep. Um, I'm not surprised. I mean, it's one of those things. They want to play Michigan. So, I'm not surprised yeah. that they said that. I mean, if somebody, you know, Wyatt Davis and Josh Myers both gave a nod to tradition. And Josh Myers did say, you know, it'd be great if it was the last game of the regular season. But, They just want to play Michigan. They don't want to miss out on it because this is their one opportunity. But in the larger fabric of the history of the rivalry and what it's meant over the generations, I mean, I think that's you can look at it from a different perspective. But when I I wrote it, they definitely said that. But Josh Myers also said, "quote With the uncertainty of the season right now, I'm more concerned with playing them at all in general." Correct. But he also said, "I'd rather play them the last weekend of the year." Well, yeah, I think in a perfect world. Like, I'm saying that too. I'm saying I, and I'd rather it be the last game of the year, but it makes sense to move it up. We're going to get into a whole thing here. That, but he also said, short. he also said, I think we'll play a whole season. You know, so he's like confident in playing a whole season. So then, why not keep yeah. it last? Um, well, yeah, I, I swear to God, when we when, okay, when we get if we have a three game season and Ohio State's three game season is Maryland, Michigan State, and Michigan, we'll talk. Um, but we have time. The schedule is going to come out. We're going to have an answer on this, hopefully in the next 24 hours. So that'll be the Wednesday pod. We'll dig into this news that we hope is coming Wednesday. Again, this is an emergency, emergency Tuesday pod. Try the text at 614-350-3315. We appreciate you guys listening. Read cleveland.com slash OSU. We'll be back soon. But for now, for Nathan, I'm Doug. And that was Buckeye Talk. <laughs>